All right, well, good evening and welcome to our midweek service here uh, at Ayers Christian Center Church. Uh, we're actually going to um, hit a different line of teaching from last week. I know we talked about design the feed last week, but um, <laughs> we interrupt this message <laughs> uh, for <laughs> a new scheduled broadcast. So we're going to talk about Inside Out today. Um, it's shared a little nugget or a little piece of this particular um, uh, thought from God on Saturday, the guy talk, and the Holy Spirit arrested me and, and told me to uh, uh, dive into it and make sure I share it on Wednesday. Um, so we may return to design the feed. I don't know <laughs> when, but right now we're going to be talking about inside out. So let's go to First Peter 3. First Peter 3. And we're going to lock in here on chapter 4. It says this. It says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is, key, key phrase here, in the sight of God of great price. In the sight of God of great price. So, so and again, the scripture is talking about marriage, couples. It's even talking, you know, locking in on, on the female um, that adorns herself. It's like, okay, listen, the most important thing is to, to have, a, um, uh, uh, to adorn or a meek and quiet spirit within your heart. The sight of God that's of great price. It goes on later on in the chapter. It says, hey, that's what the woman of old did. They operated it in gentle spirits, and they were able to um, maximize the position God put them in to help um, their husbands. Um, kind of makes sense, right, because it's a lot easier to operate a level of submission uh, when your heart is right because you're not looking at yourself. You're just looking at pleasing God. So you, you don't look at any position you are in the kingdom as a slight, you know, or or I'm missing out long as I'm, see, the thing is because you can, in, in our culture of life, we can, we can be seen in certain positions, but we can be way behind in our elevation with God. And in other um, ways of looking at things, we can be seen as a lower level position, but be at a great level in the kingdom of God. So again, we, we'll, And I pulled the scripture out because our focus is the hidden man of the heart, the hidden man of the heart. In 1 Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16, let's go there also. We're going to focus in on verse 7. It says, and when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely... The Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Samuel was sent to anoint the king that was going to replace Saul. So, so when he showed up, just off of observation, his, uh, on his natural eye, he was like, oh, this was easy. <laughs> like, like, this is the king right here. <laughs> I know this is the king. If this ain't the king, ain't no king. Right? But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. 
It says the Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, it might have been a different version, but. All right, so again, so the Lord is looking at the inside first. He's looking at where you are on the inside first. Um, you know, think about what do we mean when we say, I, oh, I know this inside now. Oh, I know them inside now. Oh, math, <laughs> multiplication, addition, trig, ge- uh, um, uh, what is it, geometry, trig, um, calculus. I know it inside out. Exponents. So when we say we know something inside out, like what are we saying? It's not just something that's on the surface. It's, it's all through us. Like, it's all through us. You know, I could talk to you about some things about chemistry. You're like, oh, I know that inside out. You know, most of the people that struggle with chemistry, chemistry class, what do they struggle with? The formulas, right? They start, because a lot of people don't like math. So when they look at the formulas, they see numbers and letters. Hey, I man, just forget that. I'm not even going to try. But if you don't, I mean, you know, you're not going to be able to figure out H2O, C2O, and all that stuff is all the formulas, right? But you probably know it inside out, <laughs> Right? And so it's interesting when we say that, we're saying what you see out on the outside is not just on the outside. It's in me too. It's what you see on the outside was manifested from the inside. Right? Um, so that, that was the struggle with the fig tree. The fig tree looked like it was producing figs. But when Jesus showed up, it didn't, so he cursed it. He said, because you're not producing what was placed in you to produce. You were designed to produce figs, right? And so the, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? So whatever we're really monitoring monitor on on a consistent basis in our heart, that's what we are, right? The scripture says, in, uh, let's go to Matthew 12. Again, our topic is inside out. And we, we've already talked about how it's really about the hidden man of the heart. That's the key. We need to be working on it, the hidden man of the heart more than anything else. And then um, because God's looking on the heart. So when we show up for our promote, promotions and we're waiting for our elevations and we're waiting for our breakthrough or when we're waiting for uh, relationships, God is looking at our heart and seeing if we're ready for his other child. So if I'm looking for a relationship, God is, God is saying, okay, let me look in your heart because I'm not giving my child that heart if it's not right. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, so God was thinking about Melanie before Keith. And obviously he was thinking about uh, Keith before Melanie. So he's looking at both of our hearts and saying, okay, our, our, uh, can I trust these hearts together? And so I think about as you grow, like we're all together, so... so uh, this is uh, no slight to nobody else, but everybody in this room, like, so God was thinking about your hearts when he sent me and Pastor Mel here. But guess what? God was thinking about our hearts when he sent you here, right? So, so on both, like, I could tell, like, you know, so he sent people with the right heart because he was like, I got to do something in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I need the right hearts connected, Right? 
And, and no matter what we process through, you know, you always hear me say, great relationships are grown through uh, tough conversations, right? So we've all had to grow through tough conversations, everybody in the building, right? And, um, but it's, it's, it's God was forging some great stuff. Like we haven't seen half of what God's trying to do. But what did God look at first with all of us? He looked in our heart. And so we, we say it all the time here, like, you know, people sometimes they make mistakes or they get caught up in themselves. Sometimes they've said adverse things. There ain't nobody trying to hear what Pastor Keith's trying to say. And, and, I, and I was fully aware of everything they said. Or do we know why I wasn't offended? Because I wasn't looking at the behavior. I was looking at the heart. If, 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 if we have to grow people based on behavior, ain't, we ain't trusting nobody to do nothing. Or, or we have to deal with people that's always going to be favorable around us. We're not going to have no relationships. But so we have to start looking at hearts, right? We have to start looking at the inside. That'll give you a great gauge of what's going to happen to the outside. You ever been in a situation or relationship where the outside looked perfect? The presentation was great? And lo and behold, what was on the inside eventually came what? On the outside. I remember my former pastor, we had a, a basketball team. And uh, so we was playing in the church league, and we kept winning the championship. So he, we, he, he said, well, we need to, uh, we could just keep doing this, playing, playing this, or we can go into uh, uh, some of the other leagues. So, so we joined uh, some of the city leagues, of course, a lot more talent. It wasn't just people that went to church, and it was uh, more pressure. So he would show up, and he, say, he says, why are the guys operating like they're operating today? I said, I said, Pastor, pressure reveals character. I said, they can, they can act any way they want in front of you in church. I said, but out here, you can't keep up a front and handle pressure at the same time. See, that's the thing. Pressure reveals character because if there's no pressure, you can keep up a front. But if there is pressure, you can't do both. Something's going to have to give. And a lot of times we, we have to give up the front to handle the pressure. <laughs> and so it reveals your character, right? And so let's look here at Matthew 12. Uh, we'll start at 33 here. Am I in Matthew 12? Where am I? I'm in Mark. Sorry about that. I'm in Mark. Got your glasses, brother. You should be able to read the, the difference. All right. All right, so 13, 12. All right, we'll start here at verse 33. It says, either make the tree good and the fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by what? His fruit. So, old generation of vipers, how can you be evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, what's on the inside, the mouth speaks. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart on the inside, bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. So based on what comes out of a person is normally what? What's in them. That's why the scripture says, you buy me, my words abide in you. You can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What he's saying is, remember I told you, uh, we used this example, we were talking about uh, neglected righteousness, how you could be in the pool, but the pool's not in you. So, so we're not just getting inside of Christ or inside of God. We want to drink of that, 
of, of what's inside of us. That, that's us drinking the word. And if we do that when we're under pressure, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What's inside is going to come out. And so if we're, if we're filled with all the fullness of God and his word, when we squeeze, the word will come out, not curses. The word will come out, not circumstances. The word will come out, not fears. The word will come out, not worst case scenarios. So if worst case scenarios is coming out, fears are coming out, uh, what they say is coming out. If the news report is coming out, then that's what's in you more than the word, right? And so, and the Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. So you would think you would want your words of your mouth to be in line with God's will, right? Does that make sense? So, so this is the thing. How are we going to change the outside if we don't do it inside first? How are we going to change the outside if we don't do it inside first? And, and you know, uh, uh, I told you I did a basketball camp. Actually, Ray was a part of that camp. It was called the Heirs Program. And so when I researched for the camp, I researched, I told you, I've shared this before, a book called Funda Big M Mentals. And, and the book was, uh, one of the key things in the book is it's, it's shared that your mind can be only on one channel at the same time. And so it was, it was following the Joshua 1 principle, meditate on the word day and night, do all that's written therein, uh, then, show you, then show you make your way prosper, prosperous, then show you have good success. Now it didn't, obviously it wasn't a Christian book, but that principle of, of training your mind, training yourself fundamentally to do something over and over and over habitually, where now you have new habits. So... When I decided, uh, I was just talking, this has been the New Jersey week. I've talked to a lot of people from New Jersey. Some people I haven't talked to since college. Well, uh, one of the guys I was talking to this week, uh, uh, Luce, uh, uh, James Days, he's a, a good friend of mine. Um, he actually came out to one of our uh, cookouts. So when I was talking to Luce, Luce used to get up in the morning. We called him Luce because six feet he could stand under the rim and, and dunk. And he was just like so... He was just—he's so flexible. So uh, he would get up in the morning, and he would stretch. Well, I'd take the cover and throw it over my head. It's like I'm not getting up. Then he was like, "Hey, man, let's go running." I was like, "You can go running. I'm not going running." So we were talking about this this week uh, because that wasn't my lifestyle. My lifestyle was, even though I, you know, I was—I love basketball. I showed up in September to work out. Well, other people was working out the whole summer and stuff like that. I didn't do that. But then I crossed over to a place where I realized I'm not going to do what I want to do unless I prepare myself. So now I had to change my inside. My habits had to be where working out was my lifestyle. Not, I, I, I know I need to work out. I'm going to talk about working out, but it's not... I haven't changed on the inside because if I don't change on the outside, circumstances come up and then I'll just stop working out, right? Because it's not something that's in my core. Same thing with the word. It has to be on the inside. And so the scripture tells us to develop this strength from the inside. So let's go to Joshua since I referenced it. Joshua chapter 1. Because we want to change some things that's happening around us or outside of us, but we have to change what's going on inside of us 
All right? So Joshua uh, uh, chapter 1, we'll start here at verse 7. It says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, everything that lines up with God's word, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest, look, prosper whithersoever thou goest. So everybody wants to prosper wherever you go. But, but this is the thing. You can prosper, but not necessarily wherever you go. And you could prosper, but not necessarily in everything you do. You know, sometimes you got to stay in a certain pocket. You know what I'm saying? So this is saying whatever you touch, you can prosper in it. But it says you have to be strong and courageous, right? That we may have, so you may have observed to do. Key word is, I'm not just looking at it, I'm actually applying it. And it says, look, according in harmony with all the law, like I'm not selective with it, right? In verse 8, look, and then it said this, this book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, right? That thou may have observed to do according to all that is written therein. It says, for then thou shalt make thy way. Thou shalt make thy way. We will make our way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Look, it's a key point here. Why didn't it just say success? See, so some of us are making successful moves, but it ain't necessarily good success, right? But this, this is saying you prosperous and good success. But it starts with staying being strong on the inside out, and meditation changes habits. Uh, it takes uh, 21 days to, uh, uh, to develop or change a habit, 42 days to make it a lifestyle. So you have to be consistent with something to change it. Like you just can't, and you have to keep doing it until it becomes your default. Uh, I'll get into this in a second. A lot of this inside out is in our teaching on renewing the mind. Um, uh, I wasn't being facetious. I just used it because they have all these books uh, called uh, what, uh, Computers for Dummies. Um, what else? Yeah, I could pick something. Uh, whatever the topic of what you're trying to learn, was, the book is listed for dummies. So the teaching was renewing the mind for dummies, <laughs> right? And just breaking down how we can really renew our mind from the inside out. We, but we have to change habits. Some of us are so comfortable with how we flow, we don't realize it's a habit that's detrimental to God's good success, to God's prosperous place, and for us to do prosper in whatsoever we do. See, see, so we cheat ourselves sometimes because we have a habit of, of every time somebody places a demand on you to do something um, outside of your flow, you, you, you will manipulate them back into what you do well. So, so the person that's an athlete, uh, they could be asked about family. Hey, 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 you know, you need to spend more time with family. They'll, they'll, they'll shift everything back to what they're doing financially because that's where they're prospering. They don't want to get into the other areas because that's where they're going to be humble. But this is saying if we meditate on the word day and night, Whatsoever we do will prosper. There won't be any limits and we'll have good success, right? You, you saw that there, right? 
All right, let's go to Ephesians 1 because we got this starts on the inside out. And, and there's so many things in the Bible that's, that, that's been trying to set us up for these things. All right, so this is a, actually 18 through 23 on Ephesians 1 is a prayer that I pray for myself and a lot of people here and a lot of people in my life. But we're going to focus here on verse 18. Let me see how long. It says, uh, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what the hope of your calling is and what is the riches and glory of the inheritance and saints. Right? So the eyes of your understanding, that's your, 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 your inner eye, right? That's your inner eye. I want to, I want to hit you with something else. Uh, let's go, uh, again, they won't have this for you online, but let's go to Ephesians Three, just a little audible, real quick. Ephesians three. All right, so I want I want to be able to uh, to be able to see clearly to what God wants me to do on the inside, but I want to be strong on the inside. So Ephesians three, verse sixteen, it says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, look to be strengthened with might by His Spirit, whereat in the inner man, in the inner man. So, again, we're going to have to be strong on the inside. So, I, I, you know, I live this, I, I watch this as I walk through my life, as I've been growing. When I make uh, positive decisions, when I'm doing what's best, when I follow up with things, when I go the extra mile. So, that means if I pray and I don't feel like it, something, I feel something on the inside. So, so I feel something, I was lifting weights today. So, I feel something, I lift weights. I'm pushing against resistance. But when I pray, I feel like I'm lifting weights on the inside. I'm pushing against resistance. When I read and I don't feel like it, I'm pushing against resistance. When, when I do things, follow up, you know, okay, if I got to do something, I, I'm just going to follow up. If somebody else is doing something and I, I serve them in the same excellence I, that I'm served or that I would do it for myself. So if it's something I'm going to do for myself, I do it for them. So if I'm putting together graphics and artworks for when I teach, I'm going to do the same thing with the same level of excellence, the same hours. I'm not going to lie. Let me just find anything. But I feel something on the inside when I'm doing the same thing for someone else. I'm going the extra mile. I feel like I'm lifting weights on the inside. I'm being strengthened with might in the inner man. See, when I, when I choose the path of least resistance or casual or lazy, see, I'm weakening the inner man. So, so when, I, when, I, when, I, when I do these disciplined things, I'm, I'm building myself up on the inside, all right, strengthening myself because that's what it's going to take. So, so the process of this, Romans 12, 2, it says, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Right? Renewing of your mind. So something has to take place in my choice station that has to be renewed. So how do I renew my mind? Meditate on the word day and night. Now what happens is that initial renewing of my mind is when I offer my mind new information, revelation, insight from God. So when I decide to read and I haven't read or study and I haven't studied or come to church and listen to a sermon or, or as you guys are watching online, listen to a sermon, I've done a good thing. I've offered myself new information that I, that I but, but see, I, I offer myself new information from the outside, but I wanted to get inside. 
but I want it to be so saturated in me that without thinking about it, it comes out of me. So now I got to go beyond just renewing my mind, Romans 12, 2. Now I have to renew the spirit of my mind, and that's Ephesians 4, 23. Now, renewing the spirit of my mind is my subconscious. So how this operates and just, you know, from, from, pull this from your psychology class, but it spiritually operates the same way. So, you, so mental ascent, so you take stuff to that, that lobe or that lobe, however they use the word. You know, I know you got the preado and all those different front lobe, frontal lobe and stuff like that. But, but it, it houses stuff in your, in your conscious. Your, your conscious is when you, you, I agree with that. You meant to assent to it. So you're sitting in the service, uh, you was in service, let's say on Sunday, the presence of God flow, and you're like, man, I can't get around this. I've been neglecting righteousness. So what happened when you said that? You mentally assented, you agreed. So that's your secretary to your, to your company of purpose in your mind. You have a, a, some, a receptionist that, so when you agree, the receptionist says, Oh, yes, you do have an appointment. But you still haven't got to the CEO, the subconscious level, right? And so when you get to the subconscious, so what happens is you feel, when you meditate on something consistently, what happens is it fills up your conscious to a point where it, it breaks through into your subconscious. But if I just visited, if I just heard it today and then got casual tomorrow, or because I'm in a great place in life, or I'm just busy in life, I... That's the only time I, I, I dealt with it. My habit is not going to change. And once again, I can have success, but I'm not going to have good success. Right? I can actually uh, prosper, but not in whatsoever I do. See, I have to meditate on the word day and night to prosper in whatsoever I do. Right? I have to meditate on the word day and night to have good success. See, not limited. Right? Not roller coaster ride, just constantly climbing, right? And so that takes a, a, a meditation, a consistency. So now I have the mental ascent. I, I filled up my subconscious, it's bleeding in now. To, no, I filled up my conscious, it's bleeding to my subconscious. Now, once it bleeds into my subconscious, now is what I do without thinking about it. It's what I do without thinking about it. See, so now I don't have to work. To, for the word, I don't have to work to pray. I don't have to work to exercise. It's my default. See, see, even, see, this is how our life has been. Our life has been, God has been uh, not, uh, we, we did a uh, teaching on priorities. God has not been top priority. God has been a priority. And so normally if anything else goes on in our life, a lot of times God is like, okay, I'll get to you. And so we excuse God as a priority. But I notice we don't do that with food. I don't care what's going on in our life. I don't care if you got a last minute call and you had to babysit your nephew. You still You ain't going, man, I would have ate today, but I got this call. I got to babysit my nephew. There was an emergency at the hospital. You going into the cafeteria at the hospital. Right? So no matter what, what's in our default? We're going to eat. Right? Struggling with bills. Are we eating? Yeah, we're going to eat. So, <laughs> so 
<laughs> so what God wants to, to, the place God wants in our life, he wants to be beyond food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He wants to be in a prior. So, so think about what you do without thinking about it. Be honest. God wants that place. So God is what you do without thinking about it. Everything else you do around God, not you do God around everything else. You see the difference? Right? So, so how does that happen? Habit, default. Listen, there was a time I, I wasn't reading the word like I read the word. I wasn't everywhere I go. I'm pulling out my, my phone and putting in scriptures and meditate. Like I'm meditating on the word day and night. I wasn't meditating on day and night. But it became a habit. It's my appetite now. I can't go without it. It's, it's my nourishment. And so how does that happen? That, that, that happens, it starts on the inside. And then it becomes how you live on the outside. See, so, so 2 Corinthians 5. Because this is, you know, we're, we're, you know, I know we've been using some of these scriptures in the other teachings. But hey, it all connects, God. It's all intentional, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, right, he is a new creature, right? Now, now, now before a semicolon, that's just the caption. That's the ultimate goal. That's the full package. After the, semi, after the colon is this. He breaks down this process. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's everything we just talked about. So the old things are passed away as I take in the new habit. It starts to shift like that stick shift and shift me from my old habits, my old defaults, my old, this how I am. That's how you were. We talked about this with a, a, a neglected righteousness. We're supposed to be new creatures, right? And so we have to do this. We have to change our habits. So that's what the holdup is. God saying, oh, you keep telling me what you want. I've been telling you what I want for the longest. Can I get you to change fully, right? All right, so, so, so this is interesting. Now, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, we've talked about this in the church before, but it says, it says uh, having a form of godliness, what? Denying the power thereof. So, so, so I don't know if you ever asked yourself this, but how, can we, how, how, how are we or how can we deny the power? By suppressing it. By suppressing it. See, see, again, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So that spirit nature, that, that the, the Holy Spirit in us is trying to lead us and to do what's, what God wills for us to do. But, the, but if we feed the flesh the most, we'll suppress what's in our inner man. So we'll have the form of godliness, but we'll be denying the power to live godly. You see what I'm saying? Like, we'll suppress it, right? And see, we read that scripture in Matthew 12, the, tweet, the tree is known by their fruit. What's produced on the outside from what's been buried inside? The tree is known by their fruit. What? What's produced on the outside from what's been buried inside? So when you see stuff produced on the outside, you know, you know, I'm not really like that. No, yes, you are. That's, how you, <laughs> that's what's on the outside. That's what you're putting in you, right, on a consistent basis, right? You'll see the manifestation. You know, it's a reason why uh, uh, 
we'll use, uh, he's not the only one, but just use Marcus. There's something in Marcus where he has to be around the house of God. He has to uh, do something in the house consistently. Like, like we used to be like that. What, babe? We used to have like five services a week. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, I heard somebody was, uh, was talking, about, uh, talking on a message. They was like, man, that's works. That's works. Or like, you know, doing righteous stuff, that's works. Um, but in all honesty, it wasn't work. Once we got a hold to the kingdom, it was how we quenched our thirst. Sort of like, you know how some people, they, they watch every game? You know, there's people like that, right? They, they watch every game. Matter of fact, when Sunday come, they're trying to triangulate their schedule based on the game, not the word. And they're like, okay, so I got to be at the game. Well, so what? That's in their default. So that means it's possible, right? So if you could be at every game, that means you really could be at every service, right? Because there's things that... I'm not talking about, obviously, you go to work every day, but I'm talking outside of work. There's things that we make sure. I know, I, I know y'all make sure y'all get them, them hit, the, the, the head busted, right, on a consistent basis. The head's taken care of or, or whatever. You know, you got, you got your things. Because I, I watch, some of you spend four or five hours getting that head taken care of, right? Don't you? Don't? Don't you? Okay, so, so before you say no, you got to listen to specifically what the pastor said. The pastor says some of you spend four or five hours. Right. And so you said no because you don't for what you do with your head. But I guarantee you there's quite a few people watching online and some people sitting here right now have spent four or five hours. Trust me. <laughs> take, 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 my, take my word for it. <laughs> Oh, I said just for a little bit of hair. I, I, obviously, you won't get your head busted, okay? I'm not telling you not to get your head done. But what I'm saying is there's certain non-negotiables you already have in your life. Is God and being in God's house and being in God's word a non-negotiable? As a habit. Oh, we got to do this. And, and, and I've seen it because, I, you know, I was just meditating. When I was meditating, I was meditating on how we, you know, how we've been growing up. And it's just like... It's, it's just it's our lifestyle. It's a part of our life. Not because we're pastors, because I was doing it before I was a pastor. And I was sharing this this week with somebody from New Jersey. They didn't know. They, last time they seen me was in college. So I was a totally different person in college. So we were just talking about their Christians. And I was saying, I said, well, you know, the thing is, I was all in when I was in the world. Like, I really, it, really. Like, I'm committed. I mean, I got embarrassed. Uh, I didn't care what nobody think. Me and my sister talked about this uh, yesterday. Uh, and I said, I said, sis, I ain't care what nobody think. I said, so I'm in the kingdom. Why can't I commit to God like that? I was at the club five days a week. For real, like five days a week. And the club stayed open to the next day. I averaged one hour of sleep. So I can't be at church. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I was, I was, I invested $300 a week in music. I can't invest in the Word. Yeah, just, just something to think about. Like, um, what, once again, the tree is known by their fruit. What's produced on the outside from what's been buried on the inside, right? What's been buried on the inside. So, so what good is it to have Christ in us? 
the Holy Spirit in us, but not manifested on the outside. So, 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 all right, so I give my life to the altar, accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So what, what good is it that I have the indwelling at that particular time, uh, and I have Christ on the inside, but he's not manifested on the outside? Why am I suppressing him? The Scripture says I'm not ashamed that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, right? First, uh, was it uh, Romans 1.16? Right, so, so now the goal is if, if, if I've accepted Jesus and I have Christ on the inside, right? I have the Holy Spirit in me, but, but I need, why, why did I come to Christ? Right, I needed my life change, right? I needed to stop shopping at the Dollar Tree. You know, I just, I was still getting to eat, but I wanted to change, you know, where I shopped at, right? <laughs> right, so, so I mean, I wanted to change my life, right? I wanted to change what was going on outside, right? Is that an amen? amen. <laughs> right? So, so that means I took on something on the inside, but I wanted it to manifest on the outside of my life. Right? And so, uh, Psalm 23. Familiar scriptures, but they're really talking about inside out. Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, uh, thou prepareth the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? right after the colon, it says this, thou anointeth my head with oil. So he's pouring his anointing on. Remember I told you my experience when, when I reconnected to God was like warm honey poured on my head. He says, thou anointeth my head with oil. Look, my cup runneth over. So whatever God's pouring, poured in David filled him up to overflowing on the outside of his life. His cup runs over. It's spilling. It's not just, a, just, just sitting inside. It's spilling out. If you bump into him, the anointing touches you. Right? So, so we want what's on the inside coming out. The scripture says, be filled with all the fullness of God. We can't hold the fullness of God. It has to come out. It has to be dispersed. It has to be displayed. It has to move. It has to touch. You see what I'm saying? So, so but the goal is to start to get filled. The scripture says, uh, Acts 1. Let's go to Acts 1. Acts chapter 1. So we want what's inside coming out. Remember we said, how, how do we have the, the uh, deny the power? By suppressing it. We deny the power by suppressing it. Well, how do we suppress it? By feeding the flesh more than the spirit. See, see, the more, oh, I'm not trying to be gross, y'all. I'm not trying to be gross. But if you eat, when you eat the wrong foods, right, uh, one of the reasons why I stopped eating meat because our body is not really great at processing it. And if you just, like, if you just slam, let's say, you know, I don't necessarily uh, probably eat the way I suppose as far as taking my time and small bites and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> you know, know how dudes do that. Hungry, right? All right, so let's say you just, you just meet after meat after meat. You know, you go to a cookout. I got a burger. I got a, a steak. You know, I got some lamb chops. I got whatever. You know, I don't eat pork chops, whatever. So you eat all this stuff. Well, you know, your body ain't just processing that. You ever notice like the next day, your stomach is sitting out to here and it takes a while because now all you did was pile of stuff that's what? 
that's, that's sitting there, please don't take this the wrong way, but you're constipated, right? Right? And so, so, so what you took in is suppressing some things. But if you took in the right, the right nourishment, it goes in and out, right? I just, I just put it this way. I just say in and out. So it's the same thing. When you take on the flesh, fleshly things or worldly things, it actually, uh, it, it becomes, it's like plaque. It becomes callous and it actually suppresses what God has in you. See, that power is in you to, 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 to work and to, to, will, to, to willing to do his good pleasure. So when we take on the word, it saturates us. It fills us up with overflowing. So, so, so what it is, what's in you now starts coming out of you. That's how they used to prime the pumps back the wells in the back in the day. They would pour water in. The water would go in. The water that was in the, just sitting there dormant in the ground, smell that water and it was like uh, deep calling on the deep. It was, the water was drawn nigh to the water and the other water drew nigh to it. It attracted itself and it pulled on that water and it started to rise. Right? So it's the same thing when we pour in the word, there's, there's gifts in there. There's enlightenment in there. There's power in there. That power starts to rise the more we feed it the word, right? Right? So, so again, be filled with the fullness of God. I told you to go to Acts, didn't I? So we just don't want it inside of us. We want it outside, inside out, Right? All right, so Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come. Key word here, up on you. Up on you. Right? And you shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. So, again, that power coming up on you, coming up on you. So the thing is, inside out is, is, is just, a, just a principle, a fun, fundamental that God has been operating for years. Uh, back, in, uh, in, uh, back when they were putting together the ark in Genesis 6.14, they told them to, they had to seal the ark. You know, because we're going a flood, 40 days and 49. But they, they, they wasn't, see, having uh, the form of godliness but denying the power. See, it wasn't just covering that ark from the outside. They had to ha- it had to be covered from the inside out. So, so, so if, you, if you read the scripture, they, they, they smeared what was covering it, what was going to protect it, right, on the inside and the outside, right? And so, so, so nothing's changed, right? We got to smear ourselves with what, what protects us. The power of God on the inside out and on the outside, right? It has to operate on the inside and outside. So, so you know, you have the indwelling of the Spirit. So, so we start the process of, of getting that power to work in us when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What happens is the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates, makes alive our spirit because we were dead because of sin. The wages of sin is death, uh, Romans 6.23. So there's an indwelling that takes place. You know, you talk to somebody and you start talking about, about baptism and the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. They're not lying. They have the indwelling. 
right, so so because the Holy Spirit came in and, and indwelled, sat inside of you to regenerate your spirit. But the goal is not to have the Holy Spirit just indwelling. See, uh, the indwelling is also parallel to it manifests the fruits of the spirit because character, the character of Christ, love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, right? So, so that's, that's, that, that's, that's who you are when no one's watching, right? That's the character. When you have the character of Christ, you draw on the gifts because the gifts sit on the character. So that's why the indwelling takes place first, regenerates you with the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, self-control, and all those different things. So sometimes we're skipping even the character, right? We just want to go right to the gifts. But if you ever seen somebody gifted without the character, we call them fruity and flaky. flaky. Man, you know, they, some of that stuff sound right, but that package is crazy, right? So, 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 so just like with that, with, with that ark, that ark, they had to Take care of the inside, that's that indwelling. But we can't stop at the indwelling. We need the infilling, or we call it baptism, or submerged in the Holy Spirit, engulfed in the Holy Spirit. That indwelling is the Holy Spirit up on you. That's Acts chapter 1, which took place in Acts chapter 2. It says they're cloven tongues of fire, right? So, so, so it's the Holy Spirit up on us, right? Upon us. And so that's the infilling. So the reason why it's, not, it's called infilling because he was already dwelling in you and he infilled you to overflowing. And people start speaking in unknown tongues. So that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit upon. That operates the gift. So the interesting thing is you have something going on the inside that's private. And if you do that right, it manifests something on the outside that's public. You see what I'm saying? So the fruit is, 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 is privately not seen, but under pressure is revealed, right? Your love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But when you're filled up and filling, it manifests something that's seen publicly when you operate in the gifts, whether it's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, the gifts of prophecy, right? Right? Uh, what is it? Uh, Discerning the spirits, right? Working of miracles, gift of faith. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it has all nine, nine of the gifts. Power gifts, the utterance gifts, you know, all, all, all those are in there, right? I, so, 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 again, this is inside-out living. Solid Christ character on the inside, manifesting in the gifts on the outside. This is what God wants to do in our life. So inside out is God's system of operating. Inside out is God's system of operating. And so sometimes we, we're wondering what's going on or why God is not moving. God is looking inside, and that's what's going to manifest on the outside, right? But he doesn't want us suppressing that power. He wants us yielding and releasing that power. Not, not trying, you can't control the anointing. You got you to gotta yield to the power of God. See, when your cup run over, you got to let it run over. <laughs> you can't control it. Sometimes we'll get in our head and we'll suppress it with our own intellect, with our own rationale. 
But listen, I'm going to tell you, flowing in the gifts, even though you've, you've, you've trained yourself in the disciplines to operate in the, the fruit, flowing in the gifts is some, some of the, you, you find yourself doing some of the goofiest things. There is no rationale. It doesn't line up with it. There's no sensational, like the times I've seen the, the Holy Spirit flow or somebody healed and stuff like that, there's been no warnings, no nothing. It could be the most blanded situation. And then the times I've seen people uh, saturated with outpouring, they've, uh, even myself, done some of the goofiest things. Like, like, it ain't about being cool at that point because you're not in control. See, but see, once again, the Holy Spirit is not trying to line up with what's popular, what has flavor, what's cool, or what's, what's the line, what's fire. That's one of the lines they use now. He, he don't care about all that. They'd be like, that's fire, you know. I mean, he don't care. That's what they say. I'm not saying I say it, you know. I'm just, I got to pay attention, you know. I'm saying, I, I got to speak their language sometimes, right? All right, so, so the thing is, he's not really concerned about that. Style and profile, it's what's going to profit those that are in the environment. So it ain't, it ain't about uh, looking cool. I heard somebody say, uh, the other day, I was watching a commentary of, of a game. He said, he said, it don't, have to, it don't have to look cute. It just has to have results. He said, so that was the ugliest move I ever saw, but he made the shot. <laughs> so th- there are people that have, to have great careers and have had the ugliest looking shots and everything, but they make them. I was going to say some names, but, you know, I don't want to get no tweets from some of these <laughs> What are you trying to say? I had an ugly shot. It was terrible. All right, so Psalm 139, 15. Look, look, look. We were made in secret, skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. So we made, like, like he worked, you know, uh, 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 Kalina, you, what's, what's that? What's the lyrics? You sang, uh, what you sang Sunday? Let's see. Let's see if I can get into it. What did you say? <laughs> yeah. And you said, I can feel him. What is it? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that part right there. <laughs> you, said, you said, can't you see him working on the outside? I can feel him working on the inside. Right? Right. Inside out. He's doing both at the same time. Right? And so, so, so. He, 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 he made us in secret to manifest us publicly. You remember David's process? David was, was, was trained and, 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 and got all his victory privately. And then he got public triumph. See, wasn't nobody there with the lion and the bear but David and the sheep. He couldn't hey, ask the sheep, man. The sheep could tell you, man. I'm telling you, I took out a lion. Right? It was private to set him up for, pub- for Goliath. That was public. See, see, so are, are we cheating ourselves from allowing God to work on the inside to manifest some things on the outside? Right? See, see, think about it. God places a measure of faith inside us. Right? Look, Romans 12, 3. He's dealt to every man a measure of faith. You, can you see it? You can't see it. But it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> right? 
right? You can't see. And then he gives us what? The word. And, and when we pour the word in, it starts to do something with that faith and he draws it up. Faith cometh to the surface by what? Hearing the word or understanding the word. Romans 10, 17. This is all our faith teaching, right? And then what? We activate it by love. Faith works by love, right? But then we what? The just shall live by faith. That's on the outside. But it started with a measure of faith given to us on the inside. But the goal is God didn't want that faith to stay dormant inside. He wanted it to manifest on the outside, right? Uh, uh, Matthew 23, 26 says, first clean the inside of the cup of the disc so that the outside may be, may be clean also. Start with the inside. See, it shows how, how, how we manifest purpose. It shows how we manifest purpose, right? The way you find God's plans is to humble yourself inside another man's plans, right? Like you see all these people that's... Super Bowl winning coaches, well, they were, they, they, I didn't know who they were. You know why? They were lost inside somebody else's team helping somebody else win the Super Bowl. Some people just heard of Bill Belichick when he started winning Super Bowls with Patriots, but he was, he was winning, he was already winning Super Bowls, helping Bill Parcells behind the scenes. You see what I'm saying? Like he was, he lost himself as faithful in another man's and God to give you your own. Buried inside so God can manifest something outside. So we're so, sometimes we're so busy looking for a shine on the outside of a vision, we should be burying ourselves inside of a vision. Sometimes we're looking for a shine on the outside of a vision, we should be burying ourselves inside of a vision. Right? And that's hard because people, if any thought that comes to somebody, they always think it's for them. Now, at least I used to think it's for me. And God said, no, I gave you that a seed to sow in that vision. Don't, don't, don't think I, that's all I got. I got much more, right? And so I, I shared this uh, last week, but I'll give you a little more details uh, about the uh, Chinese bamboo tree, right? And uh, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Otis Winston, uh, uh, played for Ohio State, played, ran track and played uh, basketball, but he's an actor now. So, and so when we were talking, I told you he just got two roles, two, two major movies coming up, but we were talking, and he was like, God told him a long time ago he was a Chinese bamboo tree. So he just mentioned a couple of highlights of the tree. He said he went and studied it out. So you know me, right? I went and studied it out. <laughs> and he says, the growth pattern of this tree is remarkable. Plant a bamboo sprout in the ground, and for four or five years, sometimes much longer, nothing happens. You water and fertilize, water and fertilize over and over again, but you see no visible evidence that anything is happening, nothing. It says, however, in approximately the fifth year, things change dramatically. In a six-week period, the Chinese bamboo tree grows to a staggering 90 feet tall. That's right, 90 feet tall. It says, uh, it says Wikipedia suggests that the tree has been measured to grow 122 centimeters or 48 inches. It says in a 24-hour period, four feet in 24 hours, right? It says it, it can reach a maximum growth rate of 99 centimeters or 39 inches per hour for short periods of time. 
40 inches, almost four feet an hour, right? It says, it seems incredible that a plant that lies dormant for years can suddenly explode with growth. But it happens without fail with Chinese bamboo trees. Right, uh, it's, uh, the author said, this is a starting your own business is very simpler. We often water, fertilize, water, fertilize our ideas over and over and over again. For months, nothing seems to take place. However, by staying focused and working towards your goal, remarkable growth can take place in a staggering manner within a short period of time, just like the Chinese bamboo tree. And so, 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 so it's the same thing. You, we have to ask ourselves, is our, is our purpose, our ministry, is it growing downward inside, you know, <clears throat> And see, because sometimes the, the, those that are unfaithful are not buried in um, because they want to be seen. But those that are faithful are buried. So, so sometimes you don't see them. Sometimes they're behind the scenes. They're like that tree. They're dormant for a long time. Um, and so sometimes when we, when we always stand on the surface instead of burying ourselves inside, we could be missing out on a launch from an elevation from 65, 95 feet. We could find ourselves stuck in the mud. And so what God does is he, he, he puts us in position where, where our, our launching place is at a higher elevation. You know what I'm saying? But we got to be buried in. Right, we gotta, we gotta bury ourselves inside so God can manifest what He wants to uh, get on the outside. So let's get to the root. If we stay on the surface, we'll continue to die inside. So, so, so let's 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 learn from David, right? Learn from David, even though he, uh, for years, he was learning, or as we were talking about Joshua one meditating day and night and do all that was written therein, he ended up not only prospering, but having good success and prospering in whatsoever he did, right? You know, I remember, uh, you know, he was training his son this way. He was training Solomon this way. And Solomon got to a point where he was, uh, it said, he had rest roundabout from all his enemies. So David was a man of war, but Solomon, when he first got to the kingdom, he was able to build two temples in 20 years. Well, it took 20 years to build both of the temples. One was seven, one was 13. I might not be accurate on that, but that's what I researched. Um, but you can't do that if you're if you battling all the time. <laughs> like, if you're fighting all the time, you ain't got no time to be building, like, many. These, these temples weren't like, you know, one of the biggest buildings you see in this city. These temples were like many cities. You know, if you research it out, like I had it in my, um, it's not in this Bible, my open Bible. It's like a whole city. It was the temple, though. It was like a little town. <laughs> it, wasn't no, it wasn't just like a, a building. It was phenomenal. That's why it took, you know, so long to build. So, so uh, we have some more that we'll get to next week. I, I don't think I'll, I'll get to it now just for the sake of time. But just wanted to wet our whistle on inside out. <laughs> 